I took the finances out of it and I kind of try to look at it from a morality standpoint of what is truly important in this time. You know, it was easy for me, but what is hard is that I won't get to play football. Welcome to the next episode of What's Next with Eric Wood. Our next guest is a current NFL player and former teammate of mine. He played wide receiver at the University of Texas and is also an Olympic long jumper. That's my good friend, Marquise Goodwin. Marquise was drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the third round of the 2013 NFL Draft and has worked hard to make a name for himself in the league. After four seasons in Buffalo, he would go on to sign with the 49ers where he would show off his talents and sign a nice contract extension in 2018. After being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles earlier this year, Marquise made national news this past week by deciding to opt out of the 2020 NFL season amid the coronavirus pandemic. I've known Marquise for about eight years now and decided to speak with him about his difficult decision as well as a number of other topics that include his battle with injuries throughout his NFL career and the importance of faith and family in his life. I am very excited for you to hear this episode. Marquise gives great perspective on the balance of family life for an NFL player and some of the things that motivate an elite level athlete to step away from the game for this season. We received another review this week from Nikki B. 1724 They said, I'm always impressed at the mix of guests Eric brings on from different walks of life. Even the football ones, we get different types of players, coaches, front office, so you get a peek into all aspects of it. It's also nice to hear how others grew up and what their beliefs are, especially enjoyed the Leslie Frazier episode. I feel like he could be a life coach. You're certainly right. Nikki B, he could definitely be a life coach, and I enjoyed that episode as well. Finally, all remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really does go a long way in helping us produce great content for you. Now, enjoy the show. This episode has been brought to you by Jordan Yoakum at Tom James Company. Jordan is my clothing guy, and I get everything from him, from custom suits and dress clothes to casual wear. Let Jordan do the shopping for you to save you precious time that could be focused on your family, career, or hobbies. Jordan can work virtually with anyone in the world, and if he cannot personally get your measurements himself, he will have someone come get them for him. If you have put on the quarantine 15 like many have and your clothes aren't fitting properly anymore, he can also make adjustments to the clothing you already have. There's a certain confidence that comes with having clothes that fit perfect and let Jordan give you that confidence. You can contact him by email at jordan.yokum at tomjames.com or visit his website louisvillecustomclothing.com. Contact info will be in the show notes. Brain MD is Dr. Amon's supplement line, who is a former podcast guest of mine. Dr. Amon is regarded as one of the top, if not the top, brain experts in the entire world, and I've been taking his supplements for a little over a year now and have never felt better. I wish I had these while I was playing. I recommend the Eric Wood Bundle to all current and former contact sport athletes at any level, as well as anyone out there looking to support their brain and increase brain function. The supplements I take daily are Brain and Body Power Max, Neuro C, Vitamin D3, and Brain Curcumins. For more info on each of these supplements, check out my post on Instagram and I explain them all. My handle is ewood70. 
Go to brainmd.com and use code ericwood, one word, to get 5% off your order. Marquise, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, Wood. Yeah, I can't, I can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, it's so great to see your face. And uh, we'll jump right into it, man, because I want to be sensitive to your time. I know, I know you got um, an incredibly, incredibly busy schedule with so many people wanting to hear about your decision that you made this year, which we will get to. But I want to jump right in a little further than we usually start this podcast. And as a kid from Texas, was it always a dream to play for the Texas Longhorns? Oh, my God. Ever since I could dream about playing football, I always knew that I wanted to be a Longhorn. Uh, and, you know, being from Texas, it's kind of tradition. Like, you want to go to Texas if you are from Texas. You know, growing up seeing Mac Brown in his era, uh, then winning, going to national championship back in 2005 and, and eclipsing that. And then, you know, when I finally got up there, we went again in 2009. So it's been a dream since forever. Yeah, he talked about that 2005 team. And that was – that national championship game, obviously one of the best of all time. And it's funny, I actually got to snap to both of those guys in the preseason in Buffalo in the same year, uh, both of them in training camp. Pretty wild to like how it all kind of comes full circle that I'm like, I remember where I was watching that game in my buddy's basement. And then you end up snapping to both those dudes. Uh, which crazy. Is, it's wild. And I actually got to speak to Mac Brown in a production meeting this year, calling uh, one of the North Carolina games. And what an incredible person he is for one. And two, at his age, I thought he would go down to North Carolina and just be like the CEO type, you know, shake hands with boosters. I mean, he said he was like physically ill because they had started the season so bad. Like he, it was weighing on him so bad. And you could just tell how much it means to him. I can't, I can't imagine how much fun it is to play for a guy like that. Man, Mac Brown is a great, great person. Uh, What a wonderful opportunity gave me to be a part of the football team. Gave me an op to walk on. I started off as a walk on. Earned my scholarship within like two, three days after going to camp. Uh, he seen he seen the speed and he loved it, so he he signed me on the scholarship. And since then, um, it went you know went up from there. Yeah, you were a track star in high school. You talked about background nose and your speed, third fastest forty at the combine when you ran it. Like, at what age did you know you were fast? When I started running, uh, probably seven years old. Uh, I race all the kids in our neighborhood, all the locals. We'll just line it up. And then it got to a point where I started beating everybody so bad that I, I started to have to race adults. You know, adults would call me <laughs> up. And they try to line it up in the street. And I started beating adults. And they like, okay, dang, you like a different kind of fast. You got to run track. And then that's no when doubt. I started running track. Hey, I can vouch for you being a different type of fast. I mean, I play with a number of dudes who were – who were fast receivers, corners, whatever they were. And, and I've always said you were just just a different level of fast. Like when you would open up and run, like when you ran routes, you were fast. But like if you ran on a go route or you're running routes on air, we'd be in a walkthrough. I'd be like, dude, Marquise is running faster than a lot of us will ever run in our entire life. And we're literally <laughs> in a walkthrough right now. But so me and Marquise got to play together in Buffalo. I got to play with Marquise, I'll say. And Marquise came no, in I as a third round draft pick. Marquise came in as a third-round draft pick, and uh, unfortunately, you got banged up a bunch early in your career in Buffalo, or else what we got to see in San Francisco probably would have happened a lot earlier. But how did you battle through those injuries? Because I I can attest, battling through injuries in the NFL is extremely tough, especially when they happen early in your career, because you haven't gotten a chance to prove yourself yet. 
my first catch in the league, first offensive play, I broke my hand. Mm-hmm. Fumble versus the Patriots, my rookie year, you know. So uh, I got to – I test my faith, man. That's how I battle through that, my faith in God and just leaning on my family. At the time, my brother was living with me, Ricky Piggies. He uh, was a great motivation in my life. He ended up dropping everything he needed or everything that he was doing and moved up to Buffalo with me. And he stayed up with me for three years. And he was a great support system for me during that time because, you know, it was tough. Like, coming from college, UT, you got everything at UT. And then you go to Buffalo, it's not quite the same. And so, uh, not not talking down on Buffalo. I loved the culture. I loved everything about Buffalo. It was just different. And, um, you know, it was it was tough for me to battle through those injuries. But, you know, my faith in God and, and kind of realigning some things in my life helped me battle through it. Yeah, that, that's great perspective. And, and your point on Buffalo is similar to almost any transition into the NFL. You, you go from this college system where you're kind of coddled. Dude, it is next man up in the league. And I broke my leg in half my rookie year. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm a first-round draft pick. You know, it, it'll, it'll be this big story. You know, everyone kind of come around. Dude, they signed someone in one day. And <laughs> – he started that next week, and it just moves on without you. And Move so, you, yeah, you get that no matter where you're playing, you get that instant uh, feeling of kind of loneliness for the first time in your life if, if you uh, do get injured. And, you know, for me, we kind of grew up uh, similar in that we both had a sibling with cerebral, cerebral palsy. Um, my yes, brother sir. passed when he was 11. And, man, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming – Deja was um, a big inspiration for you pushing back from those injuries because I remember, you know, we'd be running in college and I would think to myself, I have a brother who can't even run. How am I going to complain about running in a conditioning drill? I'd assume when you're bouncing back from injuries and you get that constant support from her, that that provides a lot of motivation as well. So I guess I should have mentioned my sister because she's definitely been, other than God, my, my biggest inspiration and motivation in my life as, as far as athletics is concerned because like you said how am I who am I to complain about running when we both have siblings who never whose feet never touched ground mm. you know what I mean never had that opportunity to go out there and to give it all they got just to run you know what I mean just to walk so uh, crawl at that you know what I mean so um, I'm, we definitely blessed to be in the positions that we're in and, and that gave me great perspective you know, I, when I would feel tired waking up for workouts, like, uh, what am I complaining for? Because my sister can't even go up, you know, get up out the bed right now and go look at herself in the mirror. She can't get up and go use the restroom. You know what I mean? So little things like that um, definitely helped push me through. When you left Buffalo, you uh, went to San Francisco and signed you a nice deal out there. Congrats on that. Uh, it's always rewarding when you push through, especially what you pushed through early in your career, and you get that that life-altering, you know, check. Well, you used yours to buy your mom a house. How rewarding was that? <laughs> I always said that when I went to the league, when I got older, back when I was nine years old and I first started playing football, I promised myself, I promised my mama, when I go to the NFL, I'm going to buy you a house. You know, I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. I didn't know if I was for sure going to get drafted into the league, get an opportunity. I didn't even know if I'd make enough money, but I knew I'd make it happen. You know what I mean? One way or another, regardless if I was playing in the league, running track or working, you know, at a regular nine to five job, 
you know, I was going to try to make that happen because I said I would. And it was so rewarding when I first got that contract. Like, dang, this is the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to buy my mama this house uh, so her and my sister don't have to worry about anything because a lot of people don't even know. Uh, I grew up on Section 8 housing, which is governmental, mm. government funded. And we moved every single year, you know, just by ordinance of, of everybody, like, who owns those houses. They rent them out to somebody else. So I, I think I literally lived in probably eight or nine different places uh, because wow. we just had to, we just had to move to, you know what I mean? So um, it was no stability. Um, nothing was consistent about it. And I felt like I needed to have my mama grounded somewhere. So buying her that land and buying her that house meant the world for all of us. Wow. That, that is uh that is special, you know, and, um, and I, I love your positivity in life. You're so grounded in your faith and all that. And it just shows that, you know, pushing through circumstances in life, you know, in the book of James, it talks about the more you go through, the more you persevere, the more, the better you get at it. It's, it's something that, that comes in life and, and you've proven that you can push through that. And a lot of those setbacks probably allowed you to push through two of the toughest setbacks i'm sure in either you or your wife morgan's life when um back-to-back novembers you lose one child and two child talk to me about what pushing through that was like man it was tough because as you know football demands a lot of our time you know and it demands a lot from us and as it should you know it's an elite sport for elite people and it's not made for everybody and um uh, that was tough for me to handle because I've always valued my family first above anything. And for the first time in my life, I had to kind of pick and choose between what to do, you know, and this is my first time having, you know, any experience with being pregnant or my wife being pregnant. Uh, so I didn't really quite know what to do. And I just kind of tried to pray about it and and seek counsel from from people who you know I admired or who may have gone through the situation, uh, but it wasn't as prevalent because nobody really talked about their experiences like that. And so, um, you know, I seek counsel, like I said, and uh, talked with my wife, and finally came to the conclusion that it was it was mandatory that I you know stick with her the second time around because the first time around I actually chose to go play in the game, and that's where you see me score. Uh, versus the Giants, and, you know, I called a post route, scored the touchdown, got on my knees, balling, uh, praying to God, you know. Uh, and But it wasn't that – that I didn't have that same energy that second time around. You know, I was away game, flew my grandma in to help take care of my wifey, and I felt helpless at that time, you know. And I felt like I needed to be there with my wife. I couldn't choose football again, so – it was just a battle that, you know, a lot of guys may deal with. I think a lot of guys probably are dealing with it now with the whole COVID-19 situation, trying to figure out what decision to make. Am I making the right decision for my family, this or that? And, you know, I just I just look to God for those answers. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, uh, you've made huge headlines this week, uh, electing to opt out for the season. And if you have not – got on Marie, uh, Marquise's uh, YouTube channel. Please get on there and watch his full uh, video. It's incredible. Um, and the other videos are great, too. I got down a rabbit hole watching them. 
it, it gives you a great glimpse into who he truly is as a person, which you don't always see when you see us behind the helmet. But talk about your decision and how tough that was to opt out for this 2020 uh, season in lieu of this COVID-19 pandemic we're in right now. I say this. The decision was easy for me to make because of where I am in my faith and where I am in my life. I'm going into my wow. eighth year. So financially, I, I could eliminate that. You know what I mean? Like in past years, had I not got that contract in San Fran, I'd probably be like, dang. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to do this and that. Uh, so I took that out of what – I took the finances out of it, and I kind of try to look at it from a more morality standpoint of what is truly important in this time. You know what I mean? Uh, we've had two losses before – or three losses before. We have our rainbow, baby. Like, what, what decision do I make? And, uh, you know, it was easy for me. But what is hard is that I won't get to play football something that I've done since I was nine years young, you know, something that I've always aspired to do. And now I'm doing that job. And now I chose to opt out of doing that job, uh, you know, for good reason. But a lot of people don't really understand it. And, you know, that's not for me to try to pick and choose and try to make people understand because I got to look out for my baby. No doubt. And, and family comes first. And that's, that's so hard at times for, fans to separate for people aspiring to get in the NFL they think man Marquise got it made how could he ever give that up but there's times where you have to put your family first I remember when we were getting ready to play in our last playoff or my only playoff game I'll say we were getting ready to play in our playoff game and if we won I was essentially going to miss the birth of my son unless it timed out perfect where I could go back and luckily I didn't have to make that decision but mm -hmm. you talked about playing in those games um, and not knowing how you felt man, that's, it just weighs on you. Like, am I really going to miss the birth of my son for a football game when I have my wife telling me, no, 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 you've worked your whole life for this. Please go do that. You know, mm. we'll be all right. We can hold it down. You know, your parents will be here. My parents will be here. Mm -hmm. You hear all that, but, man, that just right. weighs on you. And it's amazing what goes on off the field through a season, <laughs> but then you just got to stay on the grind. And um, so I respect – I, I texted you this morning. I respect you, and I'm proud of you for your decision. I'm not sure what my decision would be because I can't on without me being able to come back. I am medically removed from football for my life. So this isn't a decision I even can pretend like I could make because it's so tough. You know, when you, when you're going to be essentially around family that you could infect, I'm sure you're not worried about yourself. It's what are you oh, going to yeah, do to others? And that's where it becomes a selfless decision as opposed to a selfish decision. And, and I'm proud of you for that. And, do you anticipate with more guys deciding to opt out as the week goes on that this will become more popular with, with guys that have either a pre-existing conditions themselves or family members or whatever it may be? I hope that guys make decisions that they want to make and not let it, not let finances or the NFL dictate the decision that they make. I, Cause I, I felt like yesterday when I made that decision, I truly became a man because I made a decision that I wanted to. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's the first time in my life I got chills because it's the first time in my life that I did something that I felt that I needed to do. And nobody helped me make that decision. You know what I mean? So uh, I hope that guys do find comfort in me stepping up and making that decision for my family. And, you know, regardless of what they decide to do, I support each and every one of my brothers, all 2,500 of us in the league. 
We all have the power of volition, which means the power of choice. And you got the, that you, you have the power to decide, you know, and I think in our profession, we feel like we don't have that voice. We don't we don't have that opportunity to make our own decisions because it's so controlled. You know, it's a hierarchy. You got the owners and then you got the players, you know what I mean? So um, you're just so disposable as a player, unless you're one of these top maybe 10 guys that you always feel like you have to act in a certain way, which is, is a good thing too. You know, right. when I speak to companies and stuff now, I tell them it's like when your job's on the line every day, then that makes you act in a certain way. You, you are, you, you act as a pro every single day and that's how you should be. But when yeah. it comes to making a decision for your family, at times it can be tough because yeah. we're all so disposable. Yes, exactly. You hit that, you hit that right on the head, man. Yeah. Um, so, as I'm thinking about the guys that would take a year off, it makes me think back to a couple of years after I finished my career and had my career ending neck injury after the 2017 season. Man, it was, it was a weird feeling before the next training camp that rolled around because I was medically disqualified forever from football because of my neck. Mm-hmm. My body felt so good after a year off. I mean, not to, not to jump ahead a year and, and to diminish the moment right now, but how excited are you to get your body back to where you get a full year to train and now watch what Marquise Goodwin can do? Bro, see, people don't realize that I do track in all season also. So right. I've, I've got an opportunity to be free of track and football for, for some time now. I'm excited to finally get my body feeling how I want it to feel, not waking up and having aches and pains, not having to take any prescriptive medicine, um, you know, you and I both have had our fair share of injuries. You know, I broke my ribs twice up there. Still would deal with that from time to time. Like, it's crazy. My hand, my fingers, toes. Like, I'm just happy that I can wear open-toe sandals now <laughs> without having bloodshot toes because I've been, you know, grinding so hard. So, um, like you say, not looking too far forward ahead, but I do um, look forward to having my body feel better for sure. Yeah, I always joke that I could. Uh, I looked a lot better in sandals before I started playing between Richie Incognito and John Miller. Those are the two <laughs> biggest guards I played with, and they'd smash my toes, and oh my god, and I would lose my toenails, my uh, big toenails, so often with them stepping on my feet. But uh, no, I'm I'm excited for you. And you mentioned the track, um, and in the intro, we talked about um, your stellar track career as well. Do you have aspirations of participating in the Olympics again? I, until I'm done with sports, I've, I will always try to do both. You know what I mean? I will try to – like, I, it goes back to uh, our siblings. Why would I um, not use my God-given ability when my sister was not given that same op? You know what I mean? Not given those same abilities. I'd be doing her a disservice if I ever didn't run track because I'm, I'm the best long jumper in the world when I compete. You know what I mean? So – I'd be doing a disservice, so it's it's my duty. I feel like as a professional athlete, as a big brother, to 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 compete if I can. Yeah, I, I I absolutely love that take, and I agree. I mean, life's about trying to be the best in the world at whatever you're doing, and that could be a dad, a husband. Um, if when you're at home, it's competing at work, it's whatever it may be. You got the opportunity to be the best in the world at two things, and uh, that's awesome that that you're willing to put in the work to go get it because. There's not a lot of people 
that would be willing to make that sacrifice because I know when the NFL season was over, we had trips planned and all that, and you go straight into training like a track star. What right Shoot for me. Talk to me about it. What is what is the sacrifice like when the season ends? How quick are you getting started to training like a track athlete? Bay, how quick do I start training after track? I mean, after football season? We're going straight into it. Probably two or three <laughs> days, honestly. Like, we really don't even take a break because you ain't got time because by the time the season over in February, it's like track, track, indoor season is already going, and the outdoor season starts in March. So, I mean, the turnover is not not that long. So, you got to get on it. If you want to compete at a high level, like, you really have to be in great shape, in great form, great technique. So, that starts – that preparation starts early. What advice do you have – or what's your top advice for young – boys and girls out there that are chasing dreams of being an Olympic athlete or an NFL player. You've reached the peak of two different things. I feel like almost you have a better mindset than most because you did it twice, you know, to be able to reach the peak in both. What advice do you have? Make sure your work ethic matches your aspirations. Mm. You know, uh, a lot of people say that they want to do things. Oh, I want to go to the league. Oh, I want to go to the Olympics. Oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a dentist. Uh, well, does your work ethic match that? You know what I mean? So you got to make sure that what you're saying, you're doing in the same, in that same, with that same energy. Man, that's, that's incredible. We go through some recurring questions each week. Like I said, I'm going to be super sensitive of your time so we can buzz through these. Uh, you already mentioned your faith, but what role would you say your faith plays in your life? Um, my faith, um, my faith started, man, when I, when I was young, uh, I was in the streets a lot. I was going down a, a different road than what people are used to seeing me talk about. And um, it's something that I'll probably elaborate eventually on my YouTube channel. I haven't got around to doing it, but uh, faith, my faith in God really was a turning point in my life. I, I gave my life to God when I was 14 and a half, and it really changed me for the better. Um, part of it was because I was homeless. You know, I ran, I ran away. Uh, when I was 14 and uh, I was just into a whole lot of different things but you know I still wanted to be an athlete but the lifestyle that I was going after and it didn't match up with being a professional athlete you know what I'm saying so uh, God kind of definitely showed favor over my life after I gave my life over to him and I started to see things like go the way that I wanted to I started doing really well in school I started um, doing really well in sports, getting opportunities in football and track. Start getting looked at by colleges. I started getting letters, and I'm like, dang. All right, so if I keep this faith thing up, you know, I can keep on, like, doing good, and people will start noticing, and I'll get opportunities. You know, this is the way. You know what I mean? And ultimately, like, I just stayed on that straight and narrow as best I could. And look at me now. I'm about to be 30 years old, and, you know, I still practice my faith, so. That's my story with faith. No, that's awesome. And it, to me, it seemed like, you know, it's not like this magic potion where you give your life to Christ and everything starts working out for the good. But it seemed like to me, you probably had the mental and the physical part of your life down. You were just missing one piece that was going to complete you to put you on that journey to make everything else stack up for you. And man, sure. you know, if, if any of the aspects of your life, you know, physical, spiritual 
financial, whatever it may be, there could be a number of things that hold you back in life. And that's where you just, as a person, you want to be well-rounded so you can truly take off. What was your favorite wing spot in Buffalo? Oh, we was just talking about this other day, baby. Um, it's this spot by the airport. It is so far. I used to drive 30 minutes to this spot, E. Dandelion? Like, I know it if you say it. I mean, I got to I gotta get Marcus easily. I got to get Elmo's. Yeah, Elmo's. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they were so far. I'm like, man, look. Hey, bro, you trying to make this 30-minute drive for these wings? He's like, yes, let's do it. Like, we got to do that. That's funny. Uh, What's yours? Uh, my favorite is probably Barbell. But to me, there's like 10 spots in Buffalo that outrank like any other city for the wings because you have to be so top-notch or else no one will go to your spot. So they take it right. to serious and they have so many good ones because otherwise no one's coming to your spot to eat. Thanks. Uh, who's the most famous person in your phone? Most famous person in my phone. Hmm. I know this is going to be a good one. Most famous person in my phone? Oh, probably my homie Gucci man. Yep, that's a good one. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Boosie. Last one. What's your favorite movie? The Wood. Y'all got to watch it. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, like a black movie, I should say, like a black, a black classic. You yeah. consider. Uh, it it, it kind of tell my story a little bit. Like that's why it resonated with me a little different. So if you get a chance, watch it. It's cool. It's about a group of kids in Inglewood grew up, and they had a decision to make. You either gonna go with the Bloods Crips or you gonna go down another road. And they end up taking the other. They take they took the high road and they end up surviving. And one of them end up getting married and the end like it was it's yeah. a cool little storyline to it that is cool i'll definitely check that out marquise i can't thank you enough for your time today man your words are going to impact so many people i can't thank you enough for that i can't thank you enough for how much they've impacted me i'm proud of you brother keep doing your thing get healthy this year get that body right and just take off in 2021 like i know you will you already know it brother i love you man and i appreciate you man love you too see you brother Thank you for listening to What's Next with Eric Wood. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate it five stars and subscribe. That goes a long way for us with this podcast. Tune in in a couple weeks for another new episode.